It is awesome to be in a new year. And what a few years it has been. We've gone through some pretty interesting times the last several years. And uh, many of us, I think, are still trying to like uh, learn how to be human again. We're learning how to socialize again. We're learning all these things all over again. And we've, uh, you know, we turned over a new year. Some of you got this little packet when you came in. This is uh, just some of the cool things we wanted to celebrate for 2022. It's always good to to look back and celebrate that God's doing some cool stuff. And so hopefully you got that. Some good things. Andrew and uh, Stephanie and the team put that together. I thought they did a great job. A round of applause for them. That's good. I think that's good. Yeah, what, what, a, what a crazy journey this past couple years has, has been. Um, you think about all the things we've been through. There's political unrest and social unrest. We've had environmental disasters. I'd never even heard of the term heat dome before. That is a new term we found out. We had a freeze in the country. They were talking about a deep freeze, some kind of a like freezing tornado, or, or rather, I don't even know what they called it. But we've had some interesting times, haven't we? We've had global disasters, financial markets been volatile, and uh, there's been generational tensions. And, and I realize I grew up a Generation X, so you know my parents were baby boomers, and uh, you don't know necessarily have to know all those terms of the different generations. But there's been some generational tensions too with what's going on, and and, and certainly uh, there, there's been unrest on all those places. And social media has been difficult. Uh, there's been things like echo chambers. I didn't know echo chambers existed. You click on one thing, you get ten more of the same thing. It, it's like uh, We've all been through a few things. It's been a moment, hasn't it? It's been a, it's been a minute. And uh, you add on top of all that uh, a global worldwide pandemic. I, I didn't even know that was possible in our modern world, but we had shutdowns and a pandemic. And it, I'm still, I still feel like we're, the dust is still settling from all of this. And uh, it, it, can, it can tend to make us feel a little bit anxious. Just by a show of hands, who's, who's been a little anxious the last couple of years on, on many different fronts? Because I, I know I have been. I, I was ordained into pastoral ministry in 2003. It was in a small church in Nashville, Tennessee. And the elders laid hands on me. And I had done my Bible college, my four years of Bible college, and that I was pretty equipped to handle anything. I had no idea any of this stuff was coming. And, uh, and maybe you felt like that too, where you just didn't see some of this coming down the pike. I, and it's been, probably for you too, it, for me it's been exhausting. Just even navigating my own faith. Like, where am I at? I mean, God, are you listening? What's going on? Why, why is all this stuff kind of unraveling? Stuff that I thought was sure thing is no longer a sure thing. And maybe you felt some of that with me. You, you, your faith has been rattled a little bit. And, and, and relationships that you had, and maybe some are, are, are gone away now, and you're, you're just scratching your head. And maybe your heart hurts. And I have found that through all the last couple years, it's been a struggle to maintain a, a, a sort of a posture of a non-anxious presence. 
to, to not add, add more anxiety onto what everybody else is already feeling and trying to be that sort of that stalwart, non-anxious presence. It's been challenging. So if you felt that way, I felt like that. We can all collectively say we felt like that. And so then what do we do? Many of you have said yes to Jesus. Some of you haven't, and that's okay. But many of us have said yes to Jesus. And so as Christ followers, what are we supposed to do with all this layers of unrest? You know, what are we supposed to do? And I think generations before us have tried to navigate difficult times. And so what do we do now in 2023 with all this that we've seen and experienced? Do we run and hide? Do we pretend some of these things aren't happening? Do we just close our eyes and just wait for the, the, the train to come take us to heaven? What do we do? Sometimes, and, and I think C.S. Lewis was famous for saying this, that sometimes we have a bit of modern arrogance where we think, oh, those people in history, they, they didn't know stuff, they were ignorant, and yes, they didn't have the same technology and things that we had, but they're still humans, and they had human hearts and human struggles, and uh, we need to not have this arrogance about us and go, well, well instead of drifting, drifting into despair or running and hiding or just closing our eyes and pretending difficult things aren't happening, maybe we could look to see how even the early church navigated difficulty, how they navigated unrest, how they navigated poverty and un difficult moments, Maybe we can look back and get some help from how the early church handled difficulty. I think we're going to go ancient this morning. We're going to go backwards a little bit so that we can move forward in this next year. I'm Pastor Ben. I'm glad you're here with us today. Whether that be in person or online, we see you. Welcome. We gather like this, like Christ followers, right, all over the planet. Uh, we are one big dysfunctional family of faith. But we're lifting up the name of Jesus because it was on a Sunday morning that that tomb was empty and it changed human history forever. That's why we gather and uh, we come back to this moment. So let's, uh, before I get too far into it, let's count to three, take a deep breath. One, two, three, deep breath. And let it out. This morning we're going to see what we see in 2023. Let's pray. Father, you're good and powerful and mighty. This is, this is your kingdom. This is your church. And we want to do right by you, Father. We want to be the kind of people that you can use to, to bring your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven. So, Father, help us to do that as we face a new year, looking back but looking forward. And so, Father, may you do a mighty work in us as we trust you for this new season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible or a device, find Acts chapter 2. So we are going back a bit. And this is from the pages of the early church. And... Um, and in their seasons of unrest, in fact, the first century had several famines. People couldn't feed themselves. The early church thrived among the poor and the needy and people that other people pushed aside. Uh, the early church was under duress from a Roman Empire. They were an oppressed people. They knew what it was like to have government that wasn't what they'd prefer. Sometimes we complain about government in our world, we complain about politics and that sort of thing, but have you done any reading on the Caesars of the day back in the first century? 
they were a corrupt group of people. Nero, Tiberius, all of these. The, the early church knew sometimes government isn't helpful. And so they, they were struggling with all these things, much like we do too. And, uh, and I know circumstances are a little different, but in the mix of all that, let's listen in to how they conducted themselves, what they focused on. Are you ready? Acts 2, starting with verse 42. And this is a bit of a snapshot of what they were about. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and, and had all things in common, and, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them, the proceeds to all, any who had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. This is how the early followers of Jesus spent their time. And so we could learn something from them, these ancient practices. This is like going back to starting point, ground zero, if you will. This is like the cornerstone that the church was built on, the teachings of Jesus, the person and work and ministry of Jesus, and these are the practices that kept them grounded. The plumb line, if you will, the, this, the place where we can go back to and say, okay, this is how they operated. Maybe there's some wisdom here for us as well. So I think it's time in this new season, this new year, that we, we renew our commitment to these ancient practices. No matter what the future holds, we don't know what that's going to be. We, don't, we can't see things coming down the road very well. And so because of that, we're going to keep to these principles. They're timeless and they're healthy. And this is the way we're going to move forward. I love how Eugene Peterson, the late Eugene Peterson, did a version of the scriptures, and we call it the message, and some of you are familiar with the message, kind of the scriptures in more of a day-to-day -day language. And uh, he passed away not long ago, uh, certainly missed his ministry. But this is the way he translated that bit of passage on these practices. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. I like that, the common meal, Prayers, you notice that's in plural. That's important, the prayers. Committed themselves to the teaching, the life together, the common meal. So I think what I see and what I, I believe God is calling us to in, in this year, we call this Vision Sunday, and here's what I think he's calling us back to. He's calling us back to those ancient principles. And, and there's two things that I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll unpack them a little bit, but I think like the early church, we need to be a people committed to Two things, devotion to prayer and devotion to mission. Devotion to prayer. When I look back at history and even in, in, the, in the early church, the great movements of God, when God was moving in a powerful way, it tended to be right on the heels of a bunch of prayer. That when uh, people prayed, they, they, they would pray for God to do something big and he would do something big. In fact, Jesus even said there's some things that 
can't happen unless you're praying. And sometimes in our, in our Western mindset, even at the church in America, we, we're really good at more studies and more information. But the practices of prayer, that you would spend an amount of time in prayer, has, has somehow gotten, I don't know, maybe lost or confused in the mix. But the early church was devoted to praying both individually and corporately. That the movements of God hinge on people praying. What's your prayer temperature today? When you look at how much time you spend in a given week, what are there, how many hours in a week? 160 some? Uh, <laughs> I should have looked that up. You're Googling it right now. Stop. Uh, we have so many, we have a limited amount of time. And it's amazing to me how we say we're followers of Jesus, but sometimes our prayer life doesn't always reflect that. So I would encourage you, I'm not trying to step on toes, but being devoted to prayer means we spend time doing it. Every movement of God over the past several centuries, probably since the beginning, prayer was the thing that made it work. And so prayer, devoted to prayer and devoted, secondly, to mission. This, this idea of disciples who make disciples. Uh, and don't get lost on that word disciple. Disciples just learning the ways of Jesus and actually doing them. Sometimes we get stopped on the learning them, but do we really learn something until we do it? So when Jesus asks us to love our neighbor as ourselves, maybe he meant it. When he said, uh, give um, and don't call, call a lot of attention to it. Maybe he meant that. Uh, when he said that we, instead of taking revenge, we could sometimes decide to turn the other cheek. Maybe he meant that. So discipleship is learning the ways of Jesus and putting them into practice. The Christian faith isn't about info. It's about transfo. It's not about information. It's about transformation. Disciples who make disciples. Those two things. Devoted to prayer. And what's the second one? Devoted to mission. What's that mission? Jesus gave it to us in Matthew 28. He, he said, go. It's a very active thing. He said, go everywhere. Every nation and people. Go. go, and, and, and then when you go, then I want you to set up Christian bookstores and um, have Christian media. And I, I'm being silly, but... We've done a good job, I think, in, in creating all these things for content. But Jesus said, just going back, he said, go everywhere, everyone you meet, and, and make disciples. Baptizing them, that's, that is initiating them into the family, and then teaching them kingdom ways. Teaching them to obey what I've told you, and I'm going to be with you as you do this. Those are the marching orders. And how well have we done that? When was the last time you were at a coffee shop or having a meal with someone who is not a person of faith or part of a church? Who in your sphere of influence are you discipling? Because Jesus said, go. He told his 12 and his disciples that were there, there might have been more of them there, but go, this is the, the marching orders I give you. And so I, I want to, I'm not trying to step on toes on all of us, but I'm just, this is what he asked us to do. So where are we at on that? Are we really devoted to prayer? Look at your week. Could you say last week you were devoted to prayer? And 
And I'm not, poking, I'm not being all legalistic and putting a time frame on it. I'm just saying, how, how devoted were you? And, and then who are you discipling? And that could be a family member. It could be a grandkiddo. It could be a kid. We, f- we forget sometimes that discipleship starts at home. <laughs> Don't forget that really crucial piece of it. But who in your sphere are you actually discipling? And, and don't, don't, sometimes I think we get a little off on this whole disciple-making thing. Think, well, only the, the pastors, the people with the, the degrees can do that. I promise you, it doesn't require a Bible college degree or a seminary degree. When we teach people how to be disciples, it means, hey, let's look at the teachings of Jesus, and how can we obey that this week? You are a disciple-maker now. I've just told you how. You open the scriptures, and you look what Jesus did and said and taught, and you're like, okay, well, we see it. Now, how do we put it into practice? I promise you, you don't need my degree. Now, there are certain roles that I get that I play, but I'm encouraging you to be a disciple, devoted to prayer and devoted to mission. I think right now for this year, we are in, probably have been, and now we are squarely in, a season of new wine and new wineskins. And that was the, uh, a phrase that Jesus said one time when he was facing some religious leaders and they were trying to uh, kind of show Jesus that, no, this isn't the way we've always done it. And Jesus was saying in that moment, no, you can't mix the first covenant with the second covenant. There's a new covenant coming in my blood and things are going to be different. And so this idea of change. We've gone about the Christian faith and the business of church in America. We've had a good run. But I'm telling you, I think it's a time now that we return to the ancient ways. I don't think the church is, a, is, is the home team anymore in the United States. And I think we're at a time, a great opportunity to return to the ancient practices, being devoted to prayer and devoted to mission. It's no longer business as usual. We learn the ways of Jesus and we teach those to other people. And those are people that God probably already has in your life. And you just haven't been paying, maybe you paying attention. What are the ways of Jesus that we can show them? And so being devoted to prayer and devoted to mission, I think there are three ways that we can kind of enact that. And I just want to share, share them with you briefly. That I think it's time now for us to be innovators. It's time for us to renovate the ancient practices. So renovators and also collaborators. That we collaborate now with other followers of Jesus trying to love on people. So let's talk about innovators. I believe the Lord is speaking to us right now uh, into our complacency and our comfort. I think that for too long, the church has been pretty comfortable. We've been able to, you know, freedom has allowed us, and that's great that our country has allowed us to have the freedom to worship. Those are great things. But unfortunately, because we haven't maybe been under duress, we've gotten a bit complacent and comfortable. And I think this is time for us to really evaluate what does it mean to be a disciple maker. And so he's asking us, I think, to, to, to consider innovating, disrupting maybe the status quo a little bit more that we get back to mission. There's a lot of things I think that we do in the church world that are, are good, but they're not necessarily on mission. That if we're supposed to be making disciples, um, then maybe we need to re- evaluate how we're spending resources and time and all of that. You see what I'm saying? We've, we've, we've got lots of things that we would say would be in the Christian consumer world, but I wonder about our disciple making. And that's what Jesus called us to do. 
So I think the Lord would be speaking to us about disrupting some of that churchiness and getting back to the mission. Getting back to helping people walk the ways of Jesus so that they can teach other people how to walk the ways of Jesus. I think it's time that we innovate away from maybe the way that we've done things and to develop a missionary mindset. A missionary mindset, we, we, we've done this for, for centuries now. We, we send missionaries to other places. And what do, they, what do missionaries need to do? Especially if it's a missionary going to a different a foreign country where there's a different language and a different way to dress and a different cultural set of practices. And so we ask missionaries all the time, okay, move there and learn their language, right? This, learn their language and then learn their practices, learn what's important to them, these people, and, and, and then um, you know, acclimate a little bit to their culture and then be able to show them how Jesus works, how Jesus does his work. This is what we ask missionaries to do. We are now missionaries, I think, in the United States. If you claim to be a Jesus follower, we are now dealing with many generations that speak a different language, YOLO, FOMO. We're, we're dealing with... Now, we need to learn the language. I'm being silly, but we need to learn a language. Do you know what people are listening to? Do you know what people are watching? We need to have a missionary mindset for the people in our world. And, and not to rip on them or to trash them on social media. It's to learn so that we can communicate the good ways of Jesus to them. It's not a shame thing. It's a, how can I learn so that I can help you see Jesus? We need to develop a missionary mindset. That's how we innovate. Disrupting the status quo, if you will. Here's the second thing, renovate. The early church was devoted to those four things. Do you remember what they were? Apostles teaching, breaking of bread, meals together, fellowship, meeting together in the prayers. Get back to those. We're, 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 we're renovating those ancient practices once again. When's the last time you had a meal with somebody? When's the last time you ate with somebody who wasn't part of the church? Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm just, Jesus called us to go, and, and this is great. Our gatherings are great, but they should be a, a, like a launch pad for us to be in, in our world and, and learning the, the practices of the folks in our world, not to adopt them, but to bring Jesus to them. Renovate those old practices. Let me ask you a question. Who are you discipling right now? Who in your sphere of influence are you actually helping show the ways of Jesus? If you're a parent, that first line should be your kiddos. Please. Help. Discipleship starts at home. It really does. Walk in the ways of Jesus. But who is in your circle that you can be showing the ways of Jesus to? When's the last time, again, you had a meal or you had a coffee with someone who wasn't part of the church? And, and you didn't do it to, to browbeat them or shame them. You're just you're, you're, you're creating relationships so that you can... Show them how to walk the ways of Jesus, not to end there, but so that they can, one day, to their friends, and their, hey, these practices of Jesus are pretty awesome. Let me show you these ways of Jesus. It never ends with us. So we renovate those ancient practices. Yes, we're, we're, we're in God's word every day. These are just the, the foundational things, right? To walk the ways of Jesus. We're in his word. We're praying to, you know, our individual. We got our prayer time. Um, but then we're out and we're meeting and we're trying to help other people see the ways of Jesus because we're living them. These are the ancient ways. And I want to I I bring those back. I think that's what God is calling us to do. And the last thing is to collaborate. Where we are working with other followers of Jesus, 
regardless of church denomination, we're working side by side with other people in a, in a show of unity to the world that we think the ways of Jesus are pretty awesome. So we're going to be working with, who, who can we collaborate with? Those are the questions we're asking. Some of you were at our one event last year. And I think there are 15, 20 different churches in town that we're all part of that. We are next week going to be blessing the teachers. There's going to be about three or 400 of them, I think, that are going to be at the, the church right down the road. They're building because their building's big enough. We're going to bring in the teachers and staff, and we're going to love on them. There's prizes and everything. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna extravagantly say thank you. These are ways that we're collaborating with other Christ followers to bless the world. And it's time to stop dividing in our little denominations and actually start collaborating. So those three things, I think we innovate, having that missionary mindset. We renovate the ancient practices, eating together, sharing the ways of Jesus, and then collaborating. And and when we do that, just imagine what could happen. Imagine what could happen if we would get back to being devoted to prayer and devoted to mission. This may mean that we're... Uh, smaller, more flexible. We're always looking for where, where God's working and we join him. And those are good things. Getting back to devoted to prayer and mission. I think that's what God's calling us to do. So this week, be asking this question, am I devoted to prayer? Am I devoted to mission? Who in my circles can I help show the ways of Jesus to so that they could show other people? Let us be devoted to prayer and to mission and be willing to innovate, renovate the ancient practices and collaborate with other followers of Jesus to bless the world. I think that's where God is calling us this year. So I hope you join us with that. I think it's a great, a great thing to look at. In this new, new season, new wine and new wineskins, may God do immeasurably more than any of us could ask or imagine because we're a people devoted to prayer and devoted to mission. Would you pray with me? God, you're powerful and mighty, and we want to be that people. We want to be your people to, to help bring your will done and, 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 and to bring your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, help us to, 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 to partner with others, to bring people who are far from you close to you. Father, help us to, to be disciple makers. Help us to be committed, devoted to mission. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to be a people of prayer more than we ever have before. And Father, may you do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.